0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series on the Book of Romans, with Part 1 of this message entitled, The Wondrous Cross. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. So I speak to you about the wondrous cross. Saint Paul said preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. He says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. To the Galatians, St. Paul says, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Without the gospel of the cross, there is no forgiveness of sins. St. Paul tells us, may I never glory, Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. And Jesus said, but I when I am lifted up from the earth. I will draw all men to me. That is I will save them from all their sins. It is time for you to get out of the mud of gloom and misery and excuses and depression and self-justification. Be freed as I preach to you the wondrous cross. Christians suffer all afflictions common to man. Such as sickness, famine, accidents, and death. They also suffer troubles peculiar to them. Because they are believers in Jesus Christ. Whom the world hates. So Jesus calls us to deny ourselves daily. Take up the cross and follow him. Paul says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul was so persecuted all his life and was finally beheaded. Also, Christians are daily tempted by the devil. There also comes to Christians' minds the question, What about the sins I committed after trusting in Jesus Christ? Not only that, they are also viciously hated by false Christians who profess Christ, calling him Lord, Lord. But in reality, they are ravenous wolves, servants of Satan. When we are so afflicted, And persecuted, we would be tempted to doubt God's love for us. John the Baptist, while he was in prison, doubted whether Jesus was the Messiah or should he wait for another. Jesus assured him he was the true Messiah. Yet John was beheaded so in Romans 8:32 a second unanswerable question is put forward to assure us god's infinite love toward his elect shall never diminish it remains constant from eternity past to eternity future And he provides us the most powerful argument. Know this argument. From the wondrous cross. Meditate on it. And you can live and die for the glory of God in triumph. This argument, I say, is the ground of all our confidence in life, and in death. Listen to St. Paul before he died. He said this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Three things we want to say to you from this text. First, the father spared not. Second, the father gave him up. The third, the blessings that flow to us. He who did not spare his own son. In the Greek. St. Paul uses a two letter particle. Gay. Untranslated in New International Version. It is an intensive particle. It means, indeed, surely, he who indeed did not spare his own son. It is intended to magnify the love of God for us in his saving act of handing over his son to be crucified. God the Father's great generosity of love toward us is expressed in this intensive particle. So we read 1 Corinthians 1.30 It is because of God the Father that you are in Christ Jesus. So this particle intensifies the love of God the Father to us. Believe that. He did not spare His own son. Let's understand what that means. His own son. Paul used it in verse 3 of this chapter. For what the law was powerless to do. God did by sending his own son. His own son by nature. We are adopted sons by grace. His own son, his one and only son, the second person of the Holy Trinity. God did not spare him. Theological liberals do not believe this. For them Jesus is a mere man like us. Actual son of Joseph and Mary by natural generation. A sinner son who thought he was God. Yes, they would say he was a good man. Yes, a moral teacher, a reformer, a revolutionary, the first Marxist, a friend of the poor and the downtrodden, a community organizer, and he died and never rose again. A somewhat deluded man. No. The scripture says the father did not spare his own son. The Jews tried to kill him because he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. For this reason, the Jews tried. All the harder to kill him... Not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was even calling God... His own father... Making himself equal with God. He did not spare his own son. In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God... And the word was God. The word became flesh... And dwelt among us... We have seen his glory... The glory of the one and only who came from the Father. Full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God. But God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made him known. He said I and the Father are one. We are not stoning you Jesus uh, they said. For any of these, replied Jews, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. That's the liberal view. A mere man. Thomas confessed finally and said to Jesus, My Lord and my God, God did not spare his own son, who is eternal deity? He is the unique Son. Hebrew 1 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. And in Colossians 2 9, for in Christ all the fullness. Of the deity lives in bodily form. And the Father so declared, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we read in Romans 1 4 and who through the Spirit of holiness was declared with power to be Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. In Galatians 4 and verse 4 But when the time had fully come God sent his son born of a woman born under law. Father did not what sir? Spare. Let's focus on that word spare. The only son of his bosom. St. Paul is reflecting on Genesis 22. Verse 12 and 13. In the Septuagint. That speaks of the sacrifice of Isaac. Remember God tested Abraham's love. It's not enough to profess. He tests us. He demanded to prove his love by sacrificing his son, his only son, his beloved son, Isaac, not Ishmael. But Isaac, the son of promise, through whom nations and kings were to come, through whom the Messiah was to come. So the word, my spare, is used in Genesis 22, 12, and 16, which is what is used in Romans 8, 32. Abraham did not spare his son. It was God who intervened and spared Isaac from instant execution. The word is used by Paul in Acts 20 and verse 29, I know that after I leave savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Faith o' oh mine. Peter also used this word in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned. Juries and judges in this world spare criminals. There is no perfect justice in this sinful world and that will come when Christ returns to judge the living and the dead. But to satisfy the justice of God, the father did not spare his own son. No other substitute would suffice to make atonement for the sins of the whole world, sir. Isaac was spared because his death cannot atone his own sin, let alone of the world. No ram or bull or millions of animals can atone our sin. We read in Hebrews 9, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But the question is, whose blood can atone our sins? So Hebrews 10 verse 4 we read it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins not even holy angel Gabriel can atone for our sins we needed the incarnate son of God to atone our sins his blood alone avails So the father loved us so much, he did not spare his own son. Friends, think about this. Had he spared his own son, he would have to destroy us. Abraham asked, God, will not the judge of all the earth do right? To be just in justifying sinners, it was necessary that the father spare not the only one who was alone qualified to make atonement in behalf of his elect so peter says for you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed but with the precious blood of christ the lamb without blemish or defect chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Or read St. Paul in Second Timothy chapter 1, 9 and 10. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel let yes, praise the lord to spare us of eternal damnation the father spared not his own son so we read in exodus 12 and verse 13 The blood of the Passover lamb will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. We have trusted in Jesus Christ in his blood and we are spared. I said we are spared. Let us rejoice in God who spared us in Christ. Paul says, we have been justified by his blood. But gave him up for us all. The word but, adversative, Allah. A strong contrast Negatively, Father did not spare his own son, but positively he gave him up for the death of the cross. Gave him up. Sir, it is not a promise anymore. He has done it. It is not a promise anymore. He has done it. He handed him over to sacrifice. He purposed this, we learned in eternity. He promised this in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, the devil. In Galatians 4, verse 4, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, Eternal, became temporal, immortal, mortal. So Christ became a man. A servant, he humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even to the death of the cross. Friends, on the cross, he experienced the hell of our death, the wages of sin. God the Father so loved us. And gave up his own son to such a death to save us. Friends, love gives the best. The most precious. Father's best was father's one and only son. He gave him up. To save us by his substitutionary death. Friends... The cross of Christ preaches God's eternal undying, never failing love to us. Our love for God at times may fail. But the Father's love never fails. Father gave him up over to whom? Luke 22 verse 53. Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Father handed him over to the powers of darkness. John 14 30. I will not speak with you much longer for the prince of this world is coming. Handed him over to the prince of this world. Colossians 2, 14 and 15, having canceled the written code with its regulation that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He handed his own son over to powers, and authorities. John 19, verse 11, Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Acts 2:23. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Acts 4.28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. He gave him up to authorities, to powers, to darkness, but also to the Jews, to the Gentiles, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to Caiaphas, to Pilate, to all the forces of darkness. The cross reveals the wisdom of God. By wisdom, God uses the best means to achieve his best goal. The best means to achieve our redemption was the death of his son on the cross. This brings greater glory to God. The cross is foolishness, stumbling block, and offense to the perishing ones but to us who are being saved it reveals the power of God the wisdom of God and the surpassing love of God so we glory in this wondrous cross it's a stumbling block for the Jews foolishness to the Gentiles but to us it is life eternal no cross of Christ means no life eternal Friends, glory in this truth. Jesus suffered the full penalty of God's holy law. We are outside of the reach of God's holy law. So outside of death, outside of sin, they cannot touch us. Christ died for our sins. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. Thanks be to God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's praise the Lord for victory in Jesus Christ, sir. Christ who obeyed perfectly the Father in life and death prayed three times that he may remove his cup of wrath from him. Then he said, yet not my will, but thine be done. It was his will to spare us by crucifying his own son. That purpose of God was unchangeable. His death was unlike a martyr's death. He was very God. He was true man. He was without sin. But Christ died for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we the sinful ones might become nothing less than the righteousness of God in him. He did not count our sins against us. He counted our sins against his own son, sir. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, the sinner brings a prescribed animal to the priest to make atonement for his sin. And the worshiper, the sinner, lays hands on the animal's head and confesses his sins. His sins are now transferred to the animal. And in the place of the sinner, now the animal was killed and the blood sprinkled. His sins were forgiven in view of the Messiah's sacrificial death to which the sacrifice of the animal pointed. Yes, Christ died for the sins of all his elect of all times. The Father gave him the cup of his forming wrath that was against us. wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness the psalmist says in Psalm 75 in the hand of the Lord is a cup full of forming wine mixed with spices he pours it out and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs Isaiah 51, verse 17, Awake, awake, rise up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath, you have drained to its dregs the goblet that makes men stagger. Father would not remove the cup from his son. He must drink it. And he drank it to the very dregs. No more wrath remains in the cup to be poured out upon us. Praise God, sir. Why did he drink it? Because he loved his father. Why did he drink it? Because he loved the church. Why did he drink it? Because he loved me and each one of us individually. He will see his offspring and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Paul says, listen to this glorious chorus. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, can be said together, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, the high price of our redemption, not silver or gold or thousands of lambs, Prophet Hosea redeemed his sinful wife from the slave market for 15 shekels of silver plus a homer and a latech of barley. Death of God's eternal son, his beloved son was the price for our redemption. The father abandoned his own son on the cross upon whom all our sin was laid. So he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The answer is, because I love every elect sinner personally with everlasting love. There is no other way to redeem them but by your death in their state. Friends, look at the cup. As I said, no more wrath in it. So no wrath is against us to be poured out. All our sins are forgiven. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. Oh, the glory of what we call in theology the double transaction. Our sins, all of it imputed to his own son. And his righteousness imputed to us now, friends, we are given a cup. And that is a different cup. It is the cup of salvation. Psalm 116, verse 13. It is the cup of blessing. First Corinthians 10, 16. It is the cup that runs over. Psalm 23, verse 5. My cup, friends, runs over. I give them eternal life. I have come that they may have life. And what? And more abundantly. And overflowing. Blessing cup. Friends, there is expiation and propitiation. God not only forgives our sins. But God is reconciled to us. He is not angry with us anymore. He's gracious to us. We come now boldly to the throne of grace. We have now fellowship with the Father and the Son in the Holy Ghost. No, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross to change Father's mind. It was Father's plan to save us this way. It was his love for us that spared not his Son. Friends of father loved us. And therefore gave his son up to the death of the cross. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53.10. It was the Lord's will. What is it? To crush him. And cause him to suffer. God presented him, Romans 3.25, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement. Romans 5, eight. but God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Professor John Murray quotes Octavius Winslow in his commentary, who delivered up Jesus to die. Not Judas for money. Not Pilate for fear. Not Jews for envy. But the Father for love. Cursed is the man who does not uphold the words of this law. We read in Deuteronomy 27. Paul says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Psalm 22, 12 and 13. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions, tearing their prey open their mouths wide against me. Psalm 22:16. Dogs have surrounded me, a band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And the last words of Psalm 22, they will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, speaking about us. And what are they going to say? For he has done it. Tetelestai, it is finished. The work of redemption is finished. Hallelujah. Professor John Murray in Redemption accomplished and applied he says this there was only one who bore the full weight of the divine judgment and he bore it so as to end it friends in view of this father's action and Christ's obedience when you look at the wondrous cross how can we ever doubt God's love for us in life and in death. He gave him up for us all. For us all. Father gave him up for us all. For us all means in our place and for our salvation. Christ's life and death were substitutionary. His active and passive obedience was in our place and for our eternal salvation. Forgiveness of sins and perfect righteousness came to all who trust in the person and work of this divine substitute. Isaac asked his father, where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham said Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide. Friends Jesus Christ God's own son is our Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. In Jesus Christ, the Lord will provide everything that we need. Christ is our only vicar. His death was vicarious in behalf of us all. There is no universalism here. Jesus did not die for each and every one of the world. Christ died only for those whom the Father for love predestinated called Justified and glorified. That is a definite number of people from all the families of the earth. You go home and check this. The us of verse 31 is the those of verse 29 and 30. It is the same as the us of verse 32 and 33, and 34, and 35, and 37, and 39. The elect of God. Not everybody in the whole world. God gave his son up for us who repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. If you refuse to repent truly, trust savingly, and live in obedience to Jesus Christ, Christ did not die for you. And finally, friends, how shall he not together with him freely give us all things? Heavenly Father, we pray, perform your miracles. Yes. Deliver people. Set people free. We are set free people from all our physical, mental, psychological slaveries and make us slaves of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled, The Wondrous Cross. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.